The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning, May the 3rd, 2022. Happy uh, Tucson Tuesday to you. It is 7.03, uh, 7.04 now, just changing over to 7.04 on your Tucson Tuesday, and you're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and this is Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Apologize for the uh, confusion there as ESPN National and uh, the Mike Greenberg Show, once again, trying to railroad my local show here just by freight training right through all of the responsibilities that they're supposed to be doing and uh, not, not to bore you with all of the intricacies of, uh, of <laughs> working with the, the new world of digital radio and, and uh, affiliations and all this other stuff, but uh, uh, basically they didn't do their job in sending us the right information basically a digital bit of information that allows our computer to pick up and switch over. And so it had to be done manually, and it takes time. And so we appreciate you sticking through it there. Hopefully you didn't didn't scare anybody off. And, uh, yeah, we're here, and we're trying to some new things because we, we just picked up the uh, sports, sports Center just started doing – or ESPN just started doing Sports Center updates again at the top of every hour. They had stopped doing it for years. Um, for like three, four years, they'd stopped doing it. So – now they are back to doing it again, and we have picked it up, obviously, if you didn't hear that uh, little bit before the show there. Uh, and, and at any time that you try to reinstitute old uh, protocols and such, there's going to be some little hang-ups here and there. So please bear with us as uh, we work through this, getting it to a streamlined, uh, a streamlined process. Thankfully, we have the wonderful and talented Mary back in the studio, and uh, she's handling things there. So we are in good hands, and uh, we'll... Keep working through it until we get it all figured out. Until uh, you know, maybe ESPN National figures out that uh, you know there's little people here locally that need their need their digital tone sent to their radio stations. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, a lot to get into today is in regards to sports, uh, radio. Little you know hiccups aside, uh, plenty of things to to talk about and discuss today. Obviously, we'll talk some NBA as the Phoenix Suns just pick up the. Dallas Mavericks and smack them around for about 55 minutes before uh, the Dallas Mavericks were like, oh, uh, you know, not for 55 minutes, 45 minutes um, before the Mavericks decided to, you know, kind of turn on the offense at the end of the game when the Suns were already celebrating their win in game one. So we'll talk about everything that occurred in last night's game at the Footprint Center in game one as the Suns take game one, 121 to 114. Uh, we'll talk about the suspension of DeAndre Hopkins as the Arizona Cardinals were, well, the Arizona Cardinals weren't given the information. They have known about the information for quite some time, which is now why we know why they made the trade for Hollywood Brown on draft day, why it was something that they were efforting, because the Cardinals were notified of the, uh, of, of the, uh, of the test, uh, the test results in November when, when DeAndre Hopkins tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug and a masking agent. So um, the Cardinals have been well aware of this. There was an appeal process going on. DeAndre Hopkins dropped his appeal, and therefore the suspension came to light yesterday, which is how that all came about. 
I will definitely get you filled in on everything that I know about that. Was talking to some people yesterday um, about the situation, and we'll figure it out. You know, because I'd mentioned it a couple times. I'd, I'd even asked our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake, if he knew what was going on with DeAndre Hopkins. I had gotten wind that there was something happening. I thought it was some kind of a medical issue, like maybe there was a an illness, um, a bloodborne illness of some for, some sort, or you know, I, I that's what I was led to believe um, from the information that I was uh, that I was given, and it turns out that I mean there there was something in the blood uh, <laughs> that was that was causing a problem. However, it was a performance enhancing drug and a masking agent. So we will uh, we will absolutely be discussing all of that uh, in today's show. The NHL playoffs. Uh, dropped yesterday. The first four games of the playoffs were yesterday. We'll have the results there. We'll look ahead at the four games today. I'll have some first-round picks for you and my Stanley Cup Finals matchup prediction. I also have my Major League Baseball power rankings ready to go, the uh, the top ten teams in Major League Baseball. We'll also have some more NFL news. Brittany Griner and the U.S. government now in the news as uh, the U.S. government has now basically in, begun to involve themselves why is it that the government drags their feet on issues like this that they need to get involved in, but yet when there's something like doctored baseballs uh, you know, going on in Major League Baseball, they want to step in right away? I, figure out your priorities, man. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the government is, uh, is now basically saying that Brittany Griner is being ta- detained illegally in Russia and they are probably going to start demanding her extrication. Uh, hopefully it happens, uh, you know, very, very, very soon, um, and we can get Brittany Griner back here on U.S. soil where she belongs um, for having hashish oil in her bag. <laughs> God, what a, what a horrible, horrible thing to be doing, running around the world with hashish oil in your bag. Uh, so we will, uh, we will discuss some of that. And anything else that comes about uh, throughout the day, any kind of news that, that hits throughout this morning before we get out of here at 9 a.m., we'll, uh, we'll discuss that. But let's begin in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals, obviously the breaking news yesterday afternoon, yesterday morning, if you will, I guess kind of right around there, somewhere in there. I lose track of time on Mondays and Tuesdays. They're like super busy days for me. So uh, not exactly sure when it all broke, probably, you know, yesterday, yesterday morning sometime. But DeAndre Hopkins was announced that he was being suspended six games, uh, of the first six games of this upcoming 2022 season, for performance-enhancing drug, a, a positive test for positive uh, performance-enhancing drug, plus a masking agent. Now, in the uh, in the report, it stated that quote uh, player DeAndre Hopkins produced a positive test result for a banned substance plus a masking agent or an attempt to dilute the specimen in order to manipulate test results. And that little plus in there is why his suspension was upgraded from a four-game to a six-game suspension. Now, under the NFLPA's PED policy, or PES policy, I believe is what it's called, um, performance-enhancing substance, the uh, an individual on a, a first-time offender will be suspended four games. Now, there's another stipulation in there that if a masking agent is detected, then that would be a two-game suspension. But in this situation, both were detected, so you get 
both suspensions. Four plus two equals six games equals over one-third of the season for the Arizona Cardinals equals everyone in that building starting to sweat a little bit, starting to wonder what this team is going to look like going into week seven, uh, how quickly DeAndre Hopkins can reintegrate himself. Because while DeAndre Hopkins can be there during the offseason, he can be at practices, he can even play in preseason games. As soon as the regular season starts, he gone. He has zero contact with the team. He cannot be in the building. He, I mean, obviously they can't stop you from texting and emailing and things like that, phone calls, whatever have you. Uh, but he cannot have any kind of uh, you know practice affiliation with the team. Can't uh, film studies. Can't attend anything like that. So um, he will be away from the team for the full six weeks. And you know, more importantly, he'll be away from Kyler Murray, his offense in an extended period of time because remember you know Cardinals were 8 and 2 he goes down with a knee injury last year and essentially never returned um so it's it's going to be quite a while until DeAndre Hopkins can get back on the field when live bullets are flying with his quarterback Kyler Murray now interestingly enough you know you know you kind of you want to look at some of these things and how does how does Vegas view, uh, you know, suspensions and, and the effectiveness of a certain player? I thought this one was very interesting, and I don't know what this says about the Cardinals. I haven't had I haven't had much of an opportunity to really kind of wrap my brain around what it all means. Now, pre-suspension, so you know, meaning before whatever, 10 a.m. yesterday, the Cardinals' NFC Championship odds were plus 1,200, and their Super Bowl odds were plus 2,500. After the suspension, the Cardinals' NFC Championship odds are plus 1,200, and their Super Bowl odds are plus 2,500. They didn't change. I thought that was very, very interesting. First of all, those are pretty steep odds. Um, But second of all, they didn't change at all based on the suspension, which I thought was, you know, did Vegas already know? Did they set these, you know, did they set these, these odds already knowing something behind the scenes that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be suspended, or does it mean that the suspension doesn't affect their ability to win the NFC Championship or win a Super Bowl when it comes to postseason because he's not going to be suspended for the postseason. He's suspended for the first six games of the season. So I'm still kind of trying to figure, like, which one it is, and, you know, we may never know. Um, But what I will tell you is this. There are some people out there that believe that this suspension – will work in favor of Kyler Murray getting his extension. That's a interesting take on this whole situation, I guess. I don't believe it. I don't think that it helps Kyler Murray get his extension at all. I don't believe that anybody in that front office is now going to just jump, uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction-wise to, you know, run to a, 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 you know, a negotiating table with Kyler Murray and his agent and say, we're going to give you what you want, you know, you know, 45 million plus, you know, whatever the number is now, I guess it could have changed, uh, you know, over the last several weeks, but, uh, you know, whatever that number is, I, I just don't know if this is what's going to prompt Steve Keim, Michael Bidwell, and the, the, you know, the front office staff to go into a negotiation mode with Kyler Murray where they already wouldn't be. I, I it doesn't make sense. Like why, 
I, I know that there are people out there that, that are making sense of it. And I listen, I, you know, I just because I don't share that opinion doesn't mean you're wrong. I'm just saying that I don't I don't see why it would change your mind at all uh, if you're Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell, because you've still got Kyler Murray and, and you're not planning on having DeAndre Hopkins through the end of Kyler Murray's contract extension anyways whatever contract you give Kyler Murray is going to keep him here for another five you know five plus years you know five years plus you tag him in that six year stuff like that the other Hopkins will be 36 years old by the time that that contract comes to fruition uh he's not gonna be around that long so I don't think it changes much the only thing that really changes though is obviously what the Cardinals already did on draft day they needed to get somebody in the building that Kyler Murray was familiar with. Now, this would have been a great trade for the Cardinals, regardless of the DeAndre Hopkins situation, regardless of of what was going on there. But now, knowing what we know and looking back in time, we can. I mean, really, it's safe to say that this was a must-do deal for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm wondering if the Baltimore Ravens knew about that as well. Maybe they would have stiffened the asking price a little bit had uh, had, the, had they known that the Cardinals were going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games of the season. There are some people that believe the Cardinals gave up a lot for Hollywood Brown. I don't think they did, personally. I mean, I feel like the value of the player was indicative of the pick that they gave. Uh, I don't think that the uh, – there are, there are people out there, experts, that are like, oh, the that explains why the Cardinals gave up so the much for Hollywood Brown. AM 104.9 FM ESPN hey. Tucson will be right back. Brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. Well, it appears that the uh, the computers have become fully aware they are starting to take over my show. What was the uh, what was the the uh, Skynet? Yeah, Skynet from the Terminator series. Skynet has become aware. They've gone. They've gone automation. <laughs> they are completely taking over my show. That was fun. This is going to be interesting. This will be a good day. It's fun. So I like this. This is uh, keep you on your toes, right? <laughs> If it's one thing that I've never been able to do, and I, and I mean from day one, like the f- my first day on the air in, is in regards to talk radio, first day on the air, I've never been able to adhere to a proper clock schedule, what they call you know, your clock. Everybody, every show has a clock that they adhere to, you know. You break it uh, 18, you know, 40, uh, 29, 40, 4740 and 5740 of every hour. Okay, sure. And then <laughs> like like uh uh like a blind person through a stop sign didn't see it. <laughs> Just went right through the damn thing. Uh, I've never been able to adhere to that. So um this will help, I guess. Help me adhere to my uh proper stop set times. <laughs> or I could just keep talking, I guess. All right. Well, we're going to try to figure this thing out if I just get if I get stepped on, then we'll just we'll work with it. Where was I? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So, with the with you know, in regards to the trade with the Baltimore Ravens, I, I 
there are people that think that the Baltimore Ravens or that the, the the Cardinals gave up too much for Hollywood Brown. I don't agree with that. I think it was a proper trade, and I think that regardless of the situation, it was a brilliant trade for Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals because it it kind of allows you to shut up Kyler Murray without paying him for a little while. Like like here here play with this here. Mom and dad are busy. Play with this. You know, find something to distract the kid with while you go take care of something behind the scenes. And then you can come back and address the problem when the kid has gotten bored with the new toy that you just gave them. We've all been there before. This particular toy is his best friend from college, a guy that they played two years together with uh, and, you know, spent a lot of their time together and spent a lot of time on the field hooking up on big plays and touchdowns and celebrations and stuff. I mean, like this is like this was the perfect move. The Baltimore Ravens apparently wanted to offload Hollywood Brown because they're going to go in a different type of direction with their offense this year. And uh, the Cardinals needed a distraction for Kyler Murray instead of just keeping, you know, mind on the money the entire time. So um, you know, the, the addition of Hollywood Brown certainly helps this, but – it's still not great. I mean, you know, this is not a, uh, a the, you know, the, the proper position that the Cardinals want to be in heading into the 2022 season, a season where, you know, th- that window that you have is always closing. It's, you know, it's open and it's always closing at from, you know, from that point on. And for the Cardinals, it's difficult to tell just how open that window is. The, the remaining you know, portion of that window is open. Is this the last year that the window's open? Is it open for another three, four years? Uh, you know, who knows? It's difficult to say right now. But uh, this certainly doesn't make things easier. And if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you got to be thankful that, number one, there's a team in your in your division that is in complete rebuild mode. The Seattle Seahawks are in complete rebuild mode. That was evidenced by their draft, I, I which I, you know, I like their draft. I thought, I thought they drafted – I thought it was the best Seahawks draft in a decade, um, personally. Maybe more. I mean, looked. I just I don't remember the Seahawks really doing well in the draft over the years. This was, in my opinion, I thought it was they did a great job uh, in this draft. But they are rebuilding. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they're going to go into the season with Drew Locke as potentially their starting quarterback. The 49ers, as incredibly you know talented and good as they are and consistent as they've been over the last several years uh, they're gonna be breaking in a new quarterback a brand new quarterback who has a skill set that we think we like but we haven't really seen much of it right I mean when we when we saw Trey Lance on a football field last year yes his first NFL pass did go for a touchdown to uh, to George Kittle but other than that it wasn't a very impressive rookie debut season for Trey Lance. He was in there mostly to just run the football. And in the final seven weeks of the season, he never even saw the football field. So you're breaking in a new quarterback in San Francisco, and you have a disgruntled star player in San Francisco. Now you have the juggernaut that seems to be the Los Angeles Rams at this point in time in your division. Every team's got a dominant, every division's got a dominant team, and that's just something you have to deal with. But for the Cardinals, you know, you're like, okay, this is bad. It could be worse, but this is still bad. Now, we're gonna have we're gonna have Tyler Drake on tomorrow. We're gonna talk with Tyler tomorrow. I talked with him yesterday for a little while, 
And uh, I know that he was on with Spears and Ali yesterday. And we're going to talk with Tyler tomorrow morning about some things. I, I just I kind of want to get his sense and the Cardinals' sense and people in the building and, and other people that have been around that building for a long time. I want to get their sense of what the status of this particular franchise and this team are right now. Because I don't know if I don't know if anybody has a real good finger on the pulse of what the Arizona Cardinals are or what to expect from them this season. And you know, if you're a team that is has aspirations on getting a playoff win or potentially going even further in the postseason than just you know just a one one win and and done kind of situation, you want more stability in that building. And I think there's a lot of chaos in that building right now, and that's never good for a professional sports franchise. I will also tell you this. I, listen, if I'm if I'm one of the veterans who signed with this team last year as a free agent, whether it's J.J. Watt or Rodney Hudson, or if I'm you know Zach Ertz, and, and you know Zach isn't a, a, a a grizzled veteran, but he is a, a veteran, and he re-signed with the team this offseason. You know, these are these are players who have not had a whole lot of winning in their careers, and they want to win a championship. And you, you think everything's good. You're like, oh, well, you've got Kyler Murray. You know, we've got DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be healthy and coming back. We're going to fill in some of the gaps that we had and that we that were noticeable late last season. And we're going to be better for it. And the entire offseason was Kyler Murray scrubbing his Instagram account, becoming a disgruntled employee, crying about the money that he's not getting. Now DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended for six games. Like you gotta be you gotta be beside yourself if you're, you know, a, a one of the veterans on this team who came here to win a potentially win a championship or you have a chance to win a championship with some good young talent and some explosive offense. So that's another interesting, uh, you know, little side piece of, of this whole situation with the Arizona Cardinals. And look, this is not unique to the Arizona Cardinals. It's unique right now because one of their star players was just handed a six game suspension. Every team has its drama. Every team has its, uh, you know, discombobulations inside the building. Every franchise, no franchise is completely hunky dory. Uh, you know, there are even for the for the world champs, even for the you know for the Rams, there was some discontent in the locker room between some of the players. Some of the guys wanted out of of Los Angeles, and uh, you know, the Rams moved them out. So it, look, it, it's again, it's not unique to the Cardinals to have. Problems, issues, confusion, discombobulation, uh, discontent uh, amongst the ranks. Players asking for money, players wanting out, players upset at, you know, veteran players upset at younger players because they came here to win a championship, and that doesn't appear to be the number one focus of some of the stars on the team, and blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on. Again, this is nothing new. This is nothing unique to Arizona, but this is certainly something they didn't need, I'll tell you that much. Uh, And if you're a Cardinal fan, this is – uh, this is troublesome. Now, I will also say this. If you're one of the Cardinal fans who think that this team is not going to go anywhere given their current leadership that they have, whether it be Steve Keim and or Cliff Kingsbury, if you're if you're one of those fans who believes that, that the Cardinals would be better without either or both of those entities, then this is probably good news for you because I believe this does get you closer to new leadership. Now, that being said, 
Remember, Michael Bidwill just signed both of those guys to extensions. And as I've mentioned so many times on this show before, this is a, a, an industry of egos. And if you're Michael Bidwell, and trust me, Michael Bidwell has one of the biggest egos in the, in the, you know, in the entire league. He's very, very proud of the job that he does. Um, if you're Michael Bidwell, what kind of a fool do you look like if you have to fire the two guys you just gave an extension to? Now, I don't think, I don't think Mike, Mike's not one of those guys that fires people in the middle of the seasons, even when things are dire and awful and terrible. He still won't fire guys in the middle of the season. He waits until the end of the year to do the firing and the hiring, which I think is the proper way to go about things. I don't, I, I don't agree with firing coaches in the middle of a season unless you have a situation like what Jacksonville had with Numbnuts uh, Urban Meyer last year. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't allow him to, to infect your franchise another day. If you know, you know, if 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 you're the the owner of the, that particular team, otherwise, look, just let them play it out. These are all professionals. It's a small business, small world. They're going to come back around again, or their son, or cousin, or their wife's brother, or something. You know, I mean, all these other things are going to happen in the world of football. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that Mike Bidwill is one of those guys that fires people. In fact, he's not one of those people that fires uh, GMs, coaches, whatever in the middle of a season. But if he were to do it at the end of the season, sure, things would be a little bit a little bit less, I think, rocky for him. But remember, just paying these two guys an extension and then you fire them, you got egg on your face. And as I mentioned, this is a, this is a league of egos full of big egos, uh, self-sufficient, you know, uh, I mean, you know, self-satisfying, uh, um, you know, people and – <clears throat> to admit that you were wrong on such a big level on on both aspects w- would be a huge blow to that uh, to that ego for Michael Bidwell. So those are all things that you have to consider as well. But these are all like a cascade effect of what happens when you have a star player get a you know get dinged for PEDs and a masking agent and get a six years uh, six game suspension. So DeAndre Hopkins going to be out. Look, I, I don't I don't. I don't care. You know, there's a lot of people like, well, did he, was it, he said it was holistic and do they need to look into more into holistic medicine? Listen, every player says the same thing. It's amazing to me how many steroids are in our plants, apparently, on on planet Earth. For all these guys who are out there that are like, you know, I I take holistic care and I don't, uh, I don't take the prescribed drugs and big pharma and all this other stuff. The uh, the only thing I put in my body is stuff that naturally grown and prescribed to me from, by my holistic teacher and all this other stuff, and oh my God, it's full of steroids. <laughs> Listen, I'm done. I'm done with the excuses. I'm done with that. With that, oh, I unknowingly took, uh, you know, some holistic approach to my, uh, to my recuperation, um, and and got dinged for steroids. <laughs> We've heard it before. Okay, we'll hear it again, and we know that you unknowingly took it because. Uh, there's no reason to say that you knowingly took it because there's there's no difference in saying that I mistakenly took the 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 drugs as opposed to I knowingly took the drugs. There's no difference in suspension. So why even say anything other than I unknowingly took them? So I, I, that's I'm not going to spend any more time discussing that aspect of the whole thing. And we'll keep an eye on anything the Cardinals do 
to maybe shore up the wide receiver room a little bit more uh, in the coming weeks leading up to this regular season. All right, we're going to take a timeout on my terms. When we come back, we'll start talking about the Suns and Mavs game one, things that I liked, things that I didn't like so much, and what to expect in game two. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Tuesday morning. Getting ready to talk some NBA basketball as uh, last night in the association, uh, it was the Miami Heat just absolutely all over the Philadelphia 76ers who were sans Joel Embiid, meaning that they had to rely on James Harden, and he was not good. Like, he's he just – James Harden looks old. <clears throat> He really does. Like, he, he looks – he can no longer shake and bake. He can't get by guys anymore. He's never been able to defend anyone. Uh, and his jump shot's broken. And, like, he, he's – there's all kinds of problems. Like, you see flashes of what was the great, you know, the great times of, of James Harden. Uh, he, <laughs> oh, man. That's – it's not a good look right now. He looks really bad. And then – Going back to the bench last night, I don't know if you guys caught this, if anyone caught this, but there was a moment where he was being subbed out along with Tyrese Maxey. And Tyrese Maxey has had a, a really spectacular postseason, kind of like Jordan Poole has for the for the Warriors and such. But he's been really, really good this postseason. And they're walking back to the bench, and Harden says something to Maxey, who's in front of him, essentially, Harden says something like, hey, you know, I need to talk to you about something or something, you know, he, he wanted to talk to him about something. Tyrese Maxey doesn't look at him, just says, you bleeping suck, and sits down. James Harden then comes over and sits down next to him. At that point, Tyrese Maxey gets up and moves down the bench, or I should say up the bench, I should say, uh, he moves up the bench to uh, to a spot where James Harden cannot sit next to him. Oh boy, that's uh, that's not good. That's not good. So the Sixers get trounced in Game One to the Miami Heat. Again, they're going to be without Joel Embiid probably in Game Two, and then we'll see what happens in Games Three and beyond. Will he be cleared to play from the fractured orbital bone? He'll probably be wearing one of those Phantom of the Opera masks-looking things. Uh, and, you know, how will that affect his game? Will it even matter if James Harden continues to stink up the court the way that he did last night? Speaking of stinking up the court, how about the Mavericks' defense? Holy smokes. This was the number 5 ranked defense in the entire league this year? The Suns went through them like a hot knife through melted butter. Like, that was, that was absolute destruction uh, from the get-go. From the get-go, they opened the floodgates early. Within the first minute of the game, with one minute expired, the Suns had made an uncontested mid-range jump shot, the Chris Paul shot to open the game, 15-footer to open the game. They had a fast-break dunk off of a steal. They had created two, two, uh, two turnovers and were up 6 nothing In the first minute of the game, this is against a team who has – they were look. They were dead last in the NBA in in pace and rate of play. 
and they were the number five defensive team in the league. They flexed those muscles in their series against the Utah Jazz, who are probably going to blow up their roster this offseason. And the Suns went through them like they weren't even there. That lead would then balloon to a 20-6 to lead. So by the time the Mavericks would have evened the score at six, the Suns had then scored another 14 points. It was 20-6 to midway through the first quarter. DeAndre Ayton was absolutely abusing any defender they threw at him. This was after just a little 10-foot baby hook that he made. And if not for three Maxi Kleber three-point shots, where he was just – they were – Suns weren't rotating over, and he was wide open, and he was, hitting his, he was hitting his shots. I said yesterday on the show that Kleber could be a problem with his shooting, especially when DeAndre is switching on to guards. Um, if it had not been for Maxi Kleber, the Mavs' night would have been over at the end of the first quarter. Like That would have been like a 40-14 to 14 quarter <laughs> had Kleber not been knocking down those, those three-point shots. And then the Mavericks started to wake up a little bit. Luka Doncic started kind of mixing it up, started getting some shots, getting to the free throw line. Uh, Kleber continued to hit three-pointers, hit two more in the second quarter. The Mavs closed the gap to four points with five minutes and 48 seconds left. This was basically all done without Chris Paul on the floor and a steady mixture of Suns bench players, whether it be Torrey Craig, JaVel McGee, uh, you know, um, Cam uh, obviously Cam Johnson had a, a good night last night. We'll talk about him a little bit more. Uh, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit. I mean, you, you name it. It was just a parade of bench players coming off uh, coming off the bench for the Suns. In fact, Chris Paul only played 29 minutes last night, so uh, that tells you a lot of of you know what you need to know about what kind of a night he had and and the night that the Suns were having. So the Mavericks closed the gap to four with 5:48 left in the second quarter. Chris Paul enters the game and proceeds to just go on an absolute tear and scores or assists on 12 of the next Suns' 14 points, and the Suns' lead quickly jumped back up to 13, where it would stay all the way through halftime as they took a 69-56 to lead into, uh, into the locker room. Then they come out, and both teams lock down a little bit more defensively in the third quarter, the Suns win that period 27-23. to 23. The lead balloons to 17. Um, in fact, it got up to, I think, 19 at one point in the third quarter. Um, and the, the Suns were just in complete control. And I'll say another thing. <laughs> this early in the series, and Luka was already blowing snot bubbles out there. Like, he looked, he looked gassed already because he was doing all the work. <laughs> he was doing all the work, had – Everybody in, in everybody on, on Monty Williams' bench thrown at him defensively. And he saw like seven different defenders last night, uh, saw some double teams, was getting you know manhandled and beaten up a little bit on both ends of the floor. And he looked tired. He, uh, he, uh, he, was, he was gripping pretty hard uh, in that late in that third quarter, and things didn't get better for him. He played 44 minutes last night. I mean, they had to have him out there, otherwise – they'd have lost that game by 35 points. Credit to Luka Doncic. I mean, look, he, he had he had a, you know, what most people would consider a great game. 45 points. He had a triple-double. Or almost a triple-double, I should say. 45 points because he only had eight assists. Only. Because the Mavericks weren't hitting their jump shots. Uh, but 45 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. 
Had five turnovers, though. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot for somebody. Now, granted, Luca handles the ball a whole lot, but still, five turnovers, <clears throat> that's, uh, uh, that's too many for a, for a star. Now, the interesting thing about this game was if you looked at the box score, okay, if you just, if you just looked at the score, 121 to 114 final, looked at the box score, looked at the, uh, at the team stats, you probably thought to yourself, man, this was a hell of a game. The, the Mavericks were shooting the lights out from 3, 16 of 39 from beyond the arc. That's 41%. That's really, really good, by the way. Um, you know, the, the Mavericks missed seven free throws, and the Suns were perfect at the free throw line. That's the difference in the game. Now, the Suns out-rebounded the Mavericks by 15 and out-assisted them, but the Suns also had more turnovers, fewer fast break points, and the Mavericks led the points in the paint stat by 44 to 38. And then if you scroll down further, you see the largest lead was 21 for the Suns, and the Mavericks never had the lead. So you're like, wait a second, what happened? Look, this, <laughs> these are all it, – it's, it, it, it's fun to read just the box score, right? It's fun just to read that and be like, if I didn't watch this game, I would have never known what exactly happened, which is why you have to watch the games. Uh, and the Phoenix Suns were just completely dominant, and it's exactly as I expected. And I said Suns in five. And after last night, I still believe it'll be the Suns in five. I think the Mavericks will win a game. Their defense will tighten up. The Suns won't shoot the ball as well as they did last night one game in this series. It'll happen, okay? Suns, ironically, tied uh, for the second most consecutive games, I guess, how this works. The second most consecutive games in a playoff run shooting 50% or better from the field. Only the 84 Lakers, I think, have have more. This is the Suns' seventh game in a row uh, shooting. Or I'm sorry, sixth game in a row shooting 50 percent or more, 50 percent or better from the from the field, and the, uh, the the all-time record is 10 by the 84 Lakers, which is incredible because that team scored like 126 points a game too. <laughs> they were just that's just really good. <clears throat> so this is exactly what I expected from the Suns, and. You know, what we saw from DeAndre DeAndre actually last night only shot 60% from the field. Like, you know, you look at him, 12 of 20 from the field. Uh, you know, missed some open shots, missed a couple of tip-ins. You know, grabbed eight rebounds. But, again, you know, we don't, we don't judge DeAndre by the amount of rebounds that he gets all the time because a lot of times he's, you know, teams try to go small and try to, you know, draw him out to the perimeter, and that's a mistake. It's helpful to keep him off the glass. Uh, in that instance, but you know he still grabbed three offensive rebounds last night, missed a couple of tip-ins, and I, I suspect that he'll kind of clean that up a little bit. And even then, you know, 25 points leading, you know, all the sun scores, 20 attempts in the game, and I still felt like they could have gotten him the ball more consistently. Like he was wide open a lot last night, and you give him credit because you know I, I thought. TNT did a really good job of breaking down just how he got so wide open uh, during halftime there when Shaq was just giving a lot of really, really glowing compliments to DeAndre. He, he, said, he said, he's not good, he's great, he's dominating. And he's right. He is dominating. We are seeing things from DeAndre Ayton that the NBA, I, I mean, this is honest, quite frankly, have never, ever seen before. He is on the precipice of doing something that no NBA player has ever done in the history of the game. What is it? We'll talk about that next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The 
Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, so how good has DeAndre Eaton been? Not just this postseason, the last postseason as well. It was documented, really well documented, just how dominant he was in last season's play- playoffs. Check this out. These are DeAndre Ayton's numbers so far this postseason. He's averaging 21, just just over 21 points per game, just over 9.5 rebounds per game, and is shooting now after last night's abysmal 12 of 20 from the field. He is now shooting 68% from the field. If he can keep that up, if he can continue to average 20 points per game and shoot over 65% from the field, he will be the first player in the history of this league to do that. Ever. Bill Russell never did it. Hakeem Olajuwon never did it. Shaq never did it. Wilt Chamberlain never did it. And I'm not going to include the guards because, you know, guard shooting is just, that's what it is. There's, it's a lot more, you know, lower percentage shots, so you don't include them. You include the bigs. 20 points per game on 65% field goal shooting has never, ever happened, ever. And he's well on his way to doing it because the Mavs don't have anyone to stop him. If the Suns can just figure out how to get him the ball more, Look, even last night, I can't remember who it was that said it. Somebody in a in a post game in a post game press conference, or somebody gave an interview somewhere that said basically that you know as great as as DeAndre was last night, that the Suns still need to find ways to get him the ball more often. <laughs> like, like he needs the ball more. Like we need to be more consistent in getting him the basketball. Now it's tough to do. When you've got like, like as much crap as I give Jay Crowder, and I will continue to do that, but last night he was great. Opened with a, a three-point jump shot, was three of five from beyond the arc, had eight rebounds, three assists, created a big turnover in the game, had a huge block shot in the game. He was great. Mikel Bridges played extremely well last night. Was, wasn't great shooting the ball, but was really great in the open four. Devin Booker started the game shooting well and then kind of cooled off a little bit and they credit the Mavericks for you know for doing that and then Book changed his game became more of a distributor and a a slasher got to the line was eight of eight from the free throw line Cam Johnson was brilliant from from the field last night six of ten three of six from beyond the arc and one of those misses was a heave at the end of a quarter so realistically three of five from the from beyond the arc for Cam Johnson who scored 17 points last night you know, it's it's interesting, you know, that the Suns would choose to not pay DeAndre Ayton last year when they could have got him on their terms. And now they're going to have to pay him under someone else's terms or let him go. And if you're the Phoenix Suns, do you really want to do that? If you have the first player in the history of the association put together a stat line in a playoff run the way that he's on target to do so right now and you just let him go to the highest bidder in the offseason – you will get crushed, not only from every fan, every member of the media, but also from the other 12 guys in that locker room and the coaching staff and anyone else involved in the team. Bravo. Bravo, Robert Sarver. 
All right, coming up in hour number two, we'll talk some NHL playoffs. We'll talk some Major League Baseball. We'll get into some local stuff, some more NFL, and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Hour number two of the Jeff Dean Show coming up just as after this quick little break here on ESPN Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. K285DL1049FM Tucson. And KMXC HD4 Tucson.